Hello. Hello. And welcome to another episode of Tacos and Tequila in 2023. I'm Megan. I'm Sydney. And we're starting the year off with a bang. Yes. I don't really have like a doozy for you. <laughs> uh, I have something that is more of like a history lesson with some ghostly stories. I love we'll some say. ghosts and Same. I love some history. So it's going to be a great episode. Yeah, I think it's like a fun way to start. I mean, it's fun, but like it's also really, really sad. It's not as sad as some of my other episodes. Going into 2023 sad. Uh, We're not going into 2023 (laughs) as dark as I ended it. So This is dark as it's been in the past. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, that's uh, my bad, my bad. I've I've hit everyone with some dark stuff in the past. And uh, 2023 will be probably just as dark so <laughs> we're starting off not on that deep of a level here it's a little more lighthearted today i expect nothing less <laughs> hopefully everyone had a happy and safe new year's and you weren't out till the butt crack of dawn like Sydney. <laughs> uh, it's a hard yeah. bag life guys <laughs> I know we have some true crime news updates that we want to talk about before we dive into. So, Sid, I will pass this along to you to kind of start about this. God, if you guys (laughs) have been listening to recent episodes regularly, you know that I've been freaking out about this Moscow, Idaho, the murders of the four college students. And I literally texted Peyton on Friday and I'm like, Peyton, Peyton. Oh Everything God. we know is a lie. <laughs> Everything is a lie. I mean, I understand why the police uh, didn't tell us anything in their previous press conferences, I guess. You know, if they had a suspect, uh, they arrested that suspect. But what the fuck? Like, come on. And then yeah, they so literally not had... even just like someone was just like listed as a suspect or brought in for questioning like homeboy was arrested arrest warrant issued extra like in the process of being extradited back across the country yes and literally you i went back and was like reading like you know the briefs on like the previous press conferences i hadn't watched all of them um but like they had you know, the briefs that they released afterwards of, like, right. their main focus is, you know, we have X amount of tips so far. We're looking for this Hyundai Elantra. Like, that was the yeah. only piece of anything that they gave out to anybody. Like, and then they kept posting, like, the videos of the girls, like, at the food truck. And then they posted a video of the girls at the, like, bar itself. But, it, like, I get why they did that. I guess, but also, like, if they already had a suspect in mind, I thought they were releasing these videos, like, so we could see who else was in the footage, and, like, if anybody was suspect, and, like, everything was a lie. They already knew who they were looking for, like, the whole fucking time. Everything's a lie, we know nothing, and update, we still know nothing about what's going on. We still know nothing. The media does seem to, like, or, like, there is some stuff that's, like, slowly leaking, I guess you could say. And, like, that's how that Hyundai Elantra, like, came out. I don't think that they were originally going to tell us about all of that either. That was, like, a media thing. And then they brought it up in their press conference. So, apparently, there is a connection to Kaylee and this spraying guy that got arrested. Um... I don't know if it's, like, a bar connection or... Okay. Because they didn't go to the same schools or anything, but they, they've said multiple times on that there is a connection, like, they did know each other or he knew her or something or another. So, I guess we'll have to see where that yeah. leads. Very interesting. Absolutely. We really don't know much about this guy or any connection. Uh, I think, Sid, you said... His DNA was linked, right? Or fingerprints or something? So they didn't really say anything about that fully in the press. Co- the, the one on Friday, they didn't say shit. They basically said, like, 
thanks for everybody for helping us and thanks for understanding why we didn't tell you jack shit and i'm like i don't understand anything i think you guys are lying you were very upset (laughs) i'm not gonna sleep at night like you didn't do anything for me um but there's been a bunch of media releases like they did have there was genetic dna that was at the scene for him and then i did see something today and it was like some um I don't want to say friend of his but like a classmate is coming out and like talking about him and like how this kid this brian guy was like acting weird afterwards um and apparently he was like wearing gloves and stuff like to the grocery stores and like when he was doing stuff like would be in class wearing gloves because he didn't want his dna anywhere so that was super suspect but i don't know how what the hell <laughs> that would translate like that makes me think he would almost wear gloves at the scene so like how is their dna i we don't know shit i don't know anything but yes there is rumors of that too we know nothing everything's a lie the only thing we do know is homeboy looks like dennis reynolds from it's always sunny in philadelphia (laughs) (laughs) that's all we know that's like literally all i know oh and we know his name (laughs) and we do know his name and that's another reason why i feel like i've been like kind of you know listening to the media on this because the first initial posts that were coming out just said like they have a suspect like they arrested somebody like on friday and then the media started saying like this is the person they arrested and then in the press conference in the beginning they just said that they arrested somebody and then later they confirmed the name so i feel like i have been believing the media more because as of right now everything that they've said like ended up being like coming out factual yeah yeah and we're not really getting anything from press conferences or anything at that point. So, which again is fair. I understand they have an investigation to do. Sure. But just like, what's the point of holding these press conferences then if you're not actually releasing real updates or like information? I don't know. Yeah, that's what I don't, I don't understand that at all because I thought the whole purpose of like having these press conferences was to give like some form of update besides like, okay, we got 4,000 tips this week okay like you're not telling me what some of these tips are or like any information like i don't feel like you they did anything to like settle anyone down or make anyone feel any more comfortable about anything that was going on yeah i mean you would think if that was their purpose that they would have done a better job so again i don't really know like why they held press conferences and like what is going on but uh clearly they know more than the public knows because actual arrest warrants were issued and uh like i said extradition in process which is like you couldn't do that without actual proof and getting those warrants signed from a judge yeah so like that's i mean even like in case like a lot of cases where you'll police like are 99 percent sure that someone did committed the crime if you don't have the actual hard concrete evidence to get an arrest warrant they won't even take it to trial or a grand jury so i yeah i'm just like really shocked that that came like literally out of nowhere yeah and it was literally like completely out of nowhere they didn't even say that they were like searching for this person or looking for a, they never even said they had a suspect like if they would have said they had a suspect i think that that would have made more sense but it was like Okay, we arrested or somebody. Or, like, it's even like, you really didn't a person anything. of interest. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't have the murder weapon, too. They still don't have a murder weapon. They did confirm that in the press conference. Um, but that wasn't something I feel like they were going to say initially in that press conference. It was, like, a media question. Yeah. They asked They probably the couldn't weapon. avoid. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of the questions that people were asking, like, they were just kind of like, you got to wait. You'll have to wait until this happens. We can't release that information. Due to Idaho state law, we can't release that. Like, they had excuses for, like, everything. Everything. And somebody, oh my someone God. asked about the weapon, and they are like, oh, yeah, we don't have that. And I'm like, what is going on? Oh, my God. Yeah, we'll have to see how this, like, just plays out. Because what the heck? I'm losing <laughs> sleep. So I think I'm losing more sleep than I was before. <laughs> it's everything's a lie we know nothing and we just kind of have to wait and see that's where we're at <laughs> all around those are big up, that's a big update i don't have an update in huge this, 
uh, serial killer in Mexico, the U.S. citizen killer. <laughs> I don't have an update on him. Uh, still nothing. Still searching for him. I don't have any confirmation that he's been arrested. I literally was looking into it yesterday. Couldn't find anything more recent in the last like week and a half. So that's still where we're at. <laughs> That'll be another one that'll just come out of left field and they'll be like, yeah. we arrested him. And it's like, thanks. <laughs> Why well, I, I tagged Sydney in a post I saw on Facebook and it was an article about, what was it, one of the FBI's like top 10 most wanted? Yes. Was yes. A, he was like, uh, he was originally from Mexico and was living in like Maryland and committed a, is wanted for murder, he'll say, because he's, you know, innocent until proven guilty in, like, the 80s, right? Or, like, early 90s or something? I think it was, like, late 80s. I don't know, but he's been, like, living in Mexico under an assumed name and living as, like, a yoga teacher. And, like, he's, like, everyone was shocked. Like, he just, like, was living this completely different lifestyle. I just thought it was so funny. (laughs) I feel like it's, like, more common, though, than we even think, because, obviously, like, these most wanted individuals are, like, even that guy that recently, um, he was, like, on Disappeared, and, like, he had gone missing within the last, like, 10 years, and they found him dead, like, in an apartment, like, 45 minutes from his house. I was gonna say, not far from his house, like, he was living, like, it was in the next state, but it was, like, close. Yeah. (laughs) You know, one of those, like, northeastern states that are all, like, super close, and he was super close to his hometown, where his, like, wife was still living. I don't, he didn't have kids, right? I think he did have kids. I can't remember if he had kids or not, but, like, he literally just disappeared. If he had two kids. I can't, like, Cindy and I talked about it. I can't imagine being that wife. I'd be fucking pissed. You just turned like, up dead. You just like, left, and, like, you were living a normal life. Yeah. What? <laughs> but I feel like, I mean... A normal life close by, like, there had to have been a reason Homeboy just disappeared. For sure. But he was, it was like, he must have been putting money aside or whatever, because, like, the cards and stuff were never used again. So, yep. like, he knew exactly <laughs> what he was doing. And I feel like some of these people, I'm sure, unfortunately, a handful of them are, you know, have passed away. But there's a handful that it's like, there's no way. And especially like these most wanted individuals, like they're just on the run, like in different countries or here hi- in like hiding or under these We've new identities. We've talked a lot about these like disappearances that keep us up at night. I think, did we cover the case? Like, did we talk about him who went missing like right before his, oh God, what's his name? Yeah, I think so, where he went missing from the bar with his friends, and he was supposed to go on, like, a spring break trip with his girlfriend. I can't remember his name. I don't know if we talked about it or not. I've heard podcast episodes about him, and it was one that, like, when you discovered, you would text me, like, oh, my God, this is something that'll keep me up at night, and we were talking about it. I have a disappearance case that, like, literally keeps me up at night. And it's yeah. the Bracelet Pizza case is, like, one that I'm, like, dude, you literally just disappeared. Like, what? Yeah, like, when they literally vanish into, like, thin air. Brian Schaefer? Yes! Yes, that one. Is that what, is that what it is? Yeah. Um, they literally, like, disappear into thin air. Like, there's no body. That one was there's wild, nothing. He, like, like, literally left the bar and there's security footage out the front, but, like, he was never seen leaving the bar on security footage. Yeah, and there's, like, all those theories that he's, like, because there was, like, construction or something that was Yeah, really like, done, in the like, alleys. He, he's, like, somewhere over there, but that that's crazy, too. Like, you would think that after, after all this time, like, they would have, you know, yeah. broke ground to figure out if he was there. I don't know. It's crazy. It, the whole, Like, those cases just, like, where people disappear are wild. Now we're getting sidetracked. Okay. So sidetracked. But Sorry. it's <laughs> so wild. It's just crazy to even think about. You cannot wrap your mind around it at all. Literally. So many theories. Well, so many what's, theories. What's not wild <laughs> or leaves, like, open to the imagination and theories is what happened at the place we're going to talk about today. Ooh. It, there's a lot of documented history to verify what I'm going to talk about, and uh, I have nothing else except to dive into it whenever you're, if you're ready, Sid. Nope, it's all you. 
sweet. In West Virginia, where coal mining was once a main source of income to entire communities, sits the remnants of one such community where their company store was the center of the coal camp. The Whipple Company store nowadays is the sole building that remains from the Whipple Mining Company, and it tells the history and possibly how many spirits who were quite familiar with this place for more than a century. The Whipple Company store sits in Fayette County, West Virginia. Actually, city is Whipple. <laughs> so, uh, thought that was a weird name. <laughs> and originally, the mining company was named after the city. It ended up changing names, but, like, it that doesn't really <laughs> super matter. I'm not going into, like, crazy history about the company itself. The building, however, was built in 1890. I saw conflicting answers about like being completed in 1890, being started, it, but it was completed around that time. It was built by Justice Collins, who was like a coal mogul essentially at the time. He was said to be a man of great means and strong will. And he did build four different company stores. All were very unique and different in their architecture, design, but the Whipple Company store is the only one currently left standing. Building, which is really interesting that it is still standing the test of time. It has a stone foundation, so I'm sure that's part of it. And it's actually in the shape of like an octagon. It's very strange. It's huge. And definitely, like, this is where I'm going to direct everyone to social media to, like, look at the pictures of it. Because this building is, like, massive. It stands at roughly anywhere between, like, 16,000 to 18,000 square feet. It's definitely huge. And it's definitely very, like, the, an odd shape, I feel like, for what, like, the name compared to the shape. I wasn't expecting it to look like that. I was just expecting, like, your typical little, like, a small storefront or something. <laughs> So there's a theory about the shape, and I have that, like, later on why. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you were, I was kind of expecting something like a rinky-dink, like, trading post, like, a little shop. Like, yeah. this is massive. It has three floors and a basement. The second floor was, like, a hidden second floor. <laughs> and only, like, the store and, like, the coal mining executives basically knew that this second floor was there. <laughs> Which is so strange. It had a freight elevator, a post office, a phone operation station here. This is where the doctor was housed. Like, this was <laughs> the literally epitome of the center of town. There was even a ballroom on the top floor where parties were held for company executives and, like, top figureheads in the area. It served as the meeting place for the town. So, I mean, this was, like, <laughs> all being put to use. That's for sure. The design as an octagon was extremely important because, like I said, it had a specific reason being designed that way. So, an employee standing in the center of the store could hear from all the surrounding areas and even, like, outside sometimes because of, like, the wooden design and how, like, the store would utilize that design to, like, put up shelves and, like, all that kind of stuff. Basically, an employee in the center of the store at all times could listen and hear, and this helped sniff out any talks of unionizing in the coal camps before it ever even became a thing. So I guess like this coal camp and any of the other three stores that were built by Justice Collins never unionized. And that was like a big deal. <laughs> and they credit that to the store design. Isn't that like, so weird. crazy? Yeah, it's crazy. It's so weird. I can understand. Like, that is interesting though, because like being in the center, then you can kind of like here or they're saying here but you could like see everything like ultimately yeah so that, that's crazy to even think about 
And, like, they had basically what I gathered was they had someone, like, standing in the center of the store or, like, had, like, a desk or whatever set up in the center of the store so someone could listen and hear at all times. And then if there were ever talks of someone, like, unionizing, it would go back up to, like, the management and the executives of the coal mining company right away to, like, nip it in the bud before it happened. So crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the heyday of the area, company store, like I said, was literally the center of the coal camp or this community. It was owned and operated by the coal company and provided basically everyone could th- everything one could think of to miners and their families. It included anything from candy and food essentials to supplies for work, clothing, and even caskets. At one point in town, the company store also served as a town morgue, embalming bodies in the basement and leaving them stored there until the funeral. According to some records, there was roughly more than 7,000 bodies that had been embalmed in the basement of the Whipple Company store. I can't confirm nor deny, but that's a very high number. But again, I mean, this place was in operation for like like 70 years i'll get to that history but that's a long time (laughs) that's definitely a long time i don't like uh you know that it's happening in the same place that i'm like buying food it's very weird but you could like literally i'm the way i look at it is like in one section you could get like caskets another section you can get groceries another like Another section, you can go to the post office. Another section, you can, like, visit the doctor. Like, (laughs) which even, like, caskets. You can buy caskets on, like, Amazon. Like, it's not. Yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. It's like a, uh, like, I feel like at one point, and this is not, like, don't quote me on this, but I feel like at one point, like, you could buy them in, like, a JCPenney catalog or something, too, or, like, a Kohl's catalog. You probably, like, like a Sears catalog, you probably yeah, could have. at one point, like, that, I mean, it is wild to think about, because, like, nowadays it's totally not a thing, but, like, it's, well, besides, like, Amazon, but, like, I don't think you could <laughs> buy it on, like, the Walmart website, maybe, because they have, like, all those three third parties and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> wild i thought it was crazy but i guess it's not too abnormal (laughs) it's just i guess yeah it's not something it's like out of sight out of mind like you don't see it when you go to the department stores who are like not thinking about it but i think you can buy anything online nowadays this is very true (laughs) but if i were to walk into target and see them selling caskets i would Would be be so uncomfortable a little concerned yes same (laughs) Well, the coal company, and actually, like, as a really kind of messed up situation, quite often they paid their workers in what was known as scrip. So, basically, it was, like, money that's not money. <laughs> it was, like, coupons that were only accepted at the company store. So, mind you, you're doing, like, a really dangerous job. You're working probably, like, 60, 70 hours a week at minimum. You're putting your health at risk by, like, breathing all this stuff in and, like, dangerous because of explosions and, you know, collapses in the mines and, like, all this stuff. And then you aren't even making real money. You're getting paid in, like, these coupons. So you're, like, owning or living in a home that was built in these coal camps that, like, workers could live in with their families. And then you're getting paid and can only spend the money in the store. So, like, you're basically, it's, like, a never-ending cycle to, like, keep them indebted and, like, in poverty and keeping the coal mining companies and, like, the executives pretty wealthy. They basically ensured the money, like I said, the workers were being paid actually came right back to them and their items that were being purchased. And it also limited outside competition with other stores or businesses, which is, like, pretty smart but really messed up situation. So, the store was in operation, like I said, from when it was built in 1890 all the way up to 1954, when at the time it was being ran by the New River Mining Company, and they officially closed the Whipple Mine. For decades, it actually remained occupied with various retail businesses. 
First, it opened as Madge's Trading Post, which continued to operate as a store, maintain the post office inside, and provide resources the community really relied on and needed. But this time, they actually accepted real money, not just script. And so that helped kind of bring back some diversity in, in the economy of the community. For a period of time after that, it became a dinner theater, but that only lasted a couple years. In 2006, it was purchased by a couple who transformed it back into the Whipple Company store. And now they actually added the Appalachian Heritage Museum part. So it wasn't just a store. Now at this time, it was also a museum. <laughs> it was open for tours from May to November and included hands-on learning about the history of coal mining, information on the architecture, and a real history of what life was like for people in those surrounding coal camps. Basically, their whole point was like to educate people about this history, not only how dangerous it was, they talked about like the tragedies that occurred with people losing their lives, but also, you know, what the store was and like the communities were like and an insight into history. It actually sounded really freaking cool. Like I would probably go. The tour showed off hand operate the hand operated freight elevator, the post office area where the phone operator station was. You could see the secret second floor, the ballroom on the third floor, and they also contained two walk-in safes in the building. At the time that it was owned by this couple, they also hosted events and they even had like ghosts or haunted tours in October that would talk more about the dark past of the building and the coal camp itself that they sat in. Unfortunately, in the end of 2018, the store was officially sold to a private investor who said they were doing remodeling, but it has yet to reopen now, and it's been closed to the public ever since. According to a few websites, the history of this building, like I said, is quite diverse. <laughs> there have been armed robberies at the store back in the day. There's documented murders deaths due to heat exhaustion, and even unmarked graves found on the property at one point in time, which, like, red flag, automatically, you're haunted, there's unmarked graves. Thousand percent haunted, no questions asked there. Yeah, I mean, that's number one to me, is that says you're haunted. Definitely uh, a big red flag. <laughs> I, like, couldn't find anything specific about this information, so, like, I'm not going to go into a ton of detail. According to the previous owners, like, the couple who owned and operated the museum as well, they did, they were able to verify and, like, kind of confirm a lot of this information through documented records that they found. So, they were really big on, like, accurate history, and they obviously did a lot of like oral traditions telling stories on the tours of people who came to visit who might have, you know, been in the area at one point in time or grew up in the area or their family worked there. And like, you know, they would kind of pass down those stories. They were very clear on like telling the difference between, oh, these are stories and this is what's verified. So I thought that was pretty cool. Like at least they did their due diligence. As I mentioned, anything with coal mining is, like, very dangerous, right? There's lots of history of death surrounding it. So I tried to like, kind of, like, dive deep and find maybe some specific instances. I found an article that in 1907, there was an explosion in the mines where 81 men were working at the time. Of these 81 people, 16 were killed in that was just like one specific explosion, which unfortunately wasn't too rare of an occurrence in coal mining. The year before this, about five, four miles away was another mine where another explosion killed many people. I didn't see an exact number in the article, but they did call it the Great Explosion, which makes me think it was more than 16. And just a few months before this one in the Whipple mine, there was another one just a few miles away that killed another 100 plus people. So, again, like, history of death is very real in this. It's like very prominent. And now the Whipple Company store is the only building that truly remains from this coal mining camp. 
So to me, that says like a lot of spirits probably wandered back there. Lots of red flags that there's spirits there. I feel like it would be one of those things. Well, I mean, we've said this before, but like all historic buildings have something there, I feel like. But it would be it would be crazy if there was nothing going on or like if there wasn't ghost stories that followed it. So a couple of my articles actually, or like my sources, involve like articles or blog posts that like were interviews with the owners, um, the couple who like ran the museum. The woman, her name was Joy. I'm actually like really sad they don't still own and operate this because everything like I've seen is she was like amazing at doing this and like keeping up the history and like being really transparent and like I mean there were great reviews so if it ever opens up again hopefully Joy is giving tours uh but she was actually like pretty honest in a lot of her interviews and she literally said at one point like this building is over 100 years old like all buildings like have some sort of like death in it when it's this old you just like don't talk about it constantly whereas now you're talking about it for this one (laughs) you know what I mean like it's been a focus so obviously there's something relate like something linked to it oh for sure and like it would make sense that there were ghosts so Some of the accounts are of, like, strange disembodied voices, the occasional smell of coal dust or coal smoke, like someone literally just climbed up out of the mines from working, and even partial, like, apparitions of coal miners have appeared. No surprise, there's also reports of, like, cold spots, floating orbs here and there. People have reported seeing someone in the upstairs windows looking out when no one's truly there. Joy said people would say all the time to her, like, oh, who was in the store looking out last night or something like that? Like, oh, you were there? Like, and she was like, nope, no one was there. <laughs> it was just, Yeah, it was just someone looking out. <laughs> Somebody's also, keeping watch. Yeah. There are also reports of the manual elevator lift, because mind you, like, this free elevator was, like, a manual, you had to, like, actually work it with your hands to get it to move, uh, but it would sometimes move on its own. People on tours might get an occasional handprint or scratch left on them, and I even found in one of the articles, there is a spot of dried blood that looks at times like wet and fresh on the ground, which is like really creepy. <laughs> That's really creepy. I also don't like like the scratches and like, you know, Me just either. all of a sudden to have a scratch <laughs> on you. It's a little, I mean, I have that habit often where I'm like, oh, where did this bruise come from? Where did this Same. scratch come from? <laughs> but if I'm on some tour and all of a sudden it pops up, I'm going to lose my shit. I was scratching my ankle the other day. I was like, man, this is really itchy. And then it hurt. And I was like, what happened? And I'm like, oh, I have a scratch healing here. Like, what does that even happen? Literally no idea. (laughs) It's just, it's so common. So I think if I walked away with a scratch, I wouldn't think paranormal activity, to be honest. Unless I was walking around and then all of a sudden felt like something scratched me. That's when I think I would freak out. And I also feel like they're almost... At least in, like, the reports for, like, not specifically this, but, like, other stories, like, when that happens, like, the handprints are, like, pretty prominent or, like, you can see the scratch. Like, it's very obvious and it looks like, you know, it just happened compared to, like, you see a scratch on your leg and you're, like, okay, this has definitely been here for a couple days, but I don't know where it came from. Like The one I saw was, like, specifically that I can remember was, like, two handprints on the person's back. They couldn't have reached to, like, put a handprint there that read on themselves easily. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that's that's like, ooh, don't like that. (laughs) No. Suspect. Very suspect. So, as I mentioned, Joy did a lot of interviews and, like, some of those ghost accounts and, like, ghostly paranormal sightings are from what I found with articles with her. So, she actually was a self-proclaimed like debunker of ghost stories she literally said in one of the interviews she would never say that there were ghosts and she took most stories she heard with like a grain of salt but 
there were definitely things in history that have been verified and many things that happened in that store that she could not explain, which makes me even more intrigued if someone's like, I don't really believe in ghosts, but like weird shit happened. So one specific thing she mentioned in one of these articles was a door would open and close on its own at 8.13 a.m. every single day. Uh, That's weird. Yes! Like, that's paranormal activity. For (laughs) sure. And, like, this fact, like, it's, that's so, like, such a specific time. Like, that's wild. Like, something had to have happened that the spirit is, like... Like, maybe they're walking through the door, or like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just time for work. Yeah, it's so weird. Uh, she recounted one specific event that, like, really creeped her out. Actually, she was giving a tour to an older man, and she said a young boy who was around eight. And they stopped at the bookkeeper's office where there was, like, the old vault and, like, one of, like, those walk in safes, basically. And I guess back in the 1920s, one of the guards who worked there was known to sneak off to this, like, specific vault almost daily to smoke a cigar. And she said the smell never really faded. Like, lots of people, you could, like, they did deep cleaning in that room. But, like, (laughs) cigar smoke's really specific. And it, like, kind of leaked into the walls. And so there was always, like, that faint cigar smell in there. She said a lot of people on tours would kind of report seeing, like, a fog in there, which is a pretty normal, like, common paranormal occurrence for that room. But when she was giving this specific tour, she never had even mentioned, obviously, this guard and, like, smoking a cigar. It was, like, a normal historical tour. So she tried to, like, refrain from going into anything about, like, ghosts on historical tours like she kept it pretty like matter of fact she had encouraged a little boy to like go in and look around the vault room you know it's cool like go look in there take a look at everything and the boy was like super hesitant she said he pointed inside and was like oh I thought we aren't allowed to smoke inside and the older man that he was with I guess like was a smoker and was like no we're not like I'm that's why I'm not smoking And the little boy, like, pointed inside to this empty room and was like, well, why is he smoking? And no one was there that Joy or this other man could see. And, like, it was very apparent to the little boy, like, oh, shit, they don't see him kind of thing. She said he, like, turned white. Like, he realized, like, he was the only one seeing this man. So she, like, tried to, like, brush it off, change the subject, and, like, direct them somewhere else. She said she was closing the door to this, like, vault, and a puff of cigarette smoke blew into her face from the room as she was closing the door. And when she looked at the little boy, she said his eyes were as wide as saucers. Like, he saw it, too. Oh, my God. And then, like, immediately, him and the older guy that he was with left, and they did not continue the tour. Like, this little boy was like, I gotta go. Like, I can't, I'm not doing this. That's scary. They yeah. say that kids can see that stuff, though. Or, like, are more... They can. <laughs> like, they're more open to open. it? Yeah, yeah, that was the word yeah. I was going to use. <laughs> it's interesting. It's very interesting. I agree. I don't like uh, it, though. Co- Me either. (laughs) A couple other things. Uh, Joy said she found wet footprints throughout the store that would, like, appear often. Like, some morning she'd come in and there'd be, like, wet footprints that would just, like, be there. At one point in time, she decided to set up cameras to try and catch some of the strange things that were happening. She actually set them up, I think, with the paranormal investigators because I'll talk about what else they caught in a minute here. But she said she was able to catch the wet footprints being left but like there was nothing it was just like all of a sudden wet footprints appeared on one of the cameras like you could see the wet mark in the ground start (laughs) no isn't that creepy i don't like it when you see them like coming up like it'd be one thing if they were just there but like one here's another one i don't like that Mm -mm. me either (laughs) so she 
also received lots of pictures from like people who would take the tours and like later on, like just the normal historical tours and take photos. And later on they'd send her or like email over pictures that had like orbs or partial aberrations or like shadow figures in them. She said she got that pretty often, but she really did not like leaning into the ghosts in the haunted past. She believed there's like a lot of trauma there due to the coal mining past. And she really wanted to respect like the history and those people that lost their lives under those tragic circumstances. She said even in like the haunted tours that they did, it was like very straightforward and matter of fact, like based off of history, like this is what happened here. And she told people's accounts as stories, but emphasized that, like, here's what a story was told, or this is fact. The previous owner before that, Madge, however, who owned Madge Trading Post, apparently told everyone the building was haunted. <laughs> and she even, like, set up the store to, like, kind of close off certain areas that she thought the ghosts were around mostly to keep people safe. So, like, two extremes in the history of owners. <laughs> so extreme. <laughs> well, the last thing I have is I did end up finding this, like, really long article. And it was about a reporter who took a tour during an autumn night. She met up with paranormal investigators who had actually done several investigations there. And she did the tour with them and with the owner, Joy. The investigators received a lot of EVPs or like the electronic voice phenomena that they played of voices when no one else was around, both men and women. And they have even seen shadow figures and one particular video footage they had previously caught was in a room. There was a full body apparition of a woman coming out of the wall. They said in the video clip, you can literally see her come out of the wall and, like, look at where the camera was and then disappear. And not only that, but the reporter in her article said, like, her skin literally crawled when she watched it because that's exactly, like, what happened. And that Joy even told her, like, yeah, I'm not really sure what that is and, like, what happened. I have tried to recreate, like, several different scenarios where that could have happened. But, like, I have not been successful yet to, like, debunk that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Isn't that wild? That's crazy. I don't like that one either. Yeah, I, that gives me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> yeah. Definitely uh, some spooky stuff going on. Very spooky stuff. <laughs> So, of course, in 1991, this place was added to the National Register of Historic Places. I feel like they always are if they're haunted. <laughs> and Always. Yeah. <laughs> and you can even look this place up on YouTube. There were videos on there of people who took ghost tours and, like, were doing ghost hunting. So you can see what they see. I didn't watch any of the videos. I didn't want to, like... <laughs> be judging based off like youtube clips so, like and then add that in here but they had good reviews and i think i'm gonna go back and watch them now <laughs> to get like have my own opinion afterwards but and then my last like little tidbit is just how i found this is remember when we were talking about sloth furnaces and yeah. i brought up like haunted coal mines i just yes. like, went on a deep dive to try to find haunted coal mines and all i could find were a bunch of like commercial haunted houses that were like <laughs> designed as haunted mines for like jump scare and stuff uh, and then eventually I found this place and just like with it previously being a museum I was like oh I gotta talk about this in this history so that is why I did this I promised a haunted coal mine I'm very sad it's not open to the public anymore because I totally go and visit yeah I hate when they do that like even if Same. you know they're gonna they're gonna re vamp it or whatever like why do you gotta make these national historical places like just keep them to yourself like I feel like that they yeah. should be open to the public in most cases well like all the reviews I even like read reviews on like TripAdvisor and stuff like prior to their closure mm -hmm. every person who did just like a historical tour talked about how they learned so much there's so many neat artifacts the building itself has like such rich history like 
I mean, it was so cool, and I'm so sad. It's really I'd sad. Totally go. Yeah, I would go too. So I'm gonna keep an eye on if this store ever opens back up. I'm making a trip to West Virginia. Well, the next time I go to like the Appalachian Mountains because I love the mountains. I'll probably detour to like stop here. <laughs> there you go. Take a little day trip. Yeah. So that's my story. See, I said it was like a little. <laughs> I love it. Spooky. I mean, it's got some like sadness, obviously linked to the history of like coal mining and this building and the area, but it's a little more lighthearted than the dark stuff I usually give you. It's very, very valid. I am excited <laughs> to uh, check out some like YouTube videos though, because I did look like at the building itself and like I saw a little bit, but not too in depth. Um, so I'm definitely gonna have to go check out some YouTube videos later. Yeah, I'm gonna go look at those and watch those tonight. And like I said, I didn't want to like <laughs> come in here with a bunch of opinions just based off the YouTube stuff. I wanted to find like the articles, and I'm glad I did because I kept finding more stuff of like interviews or people's experiences with Joy. Mm-hmm. And so, like what she said, especially being like firsthand. I mean, she owned and operated that place for 12 years. So yeah, that was that's a lot. It was like her, her husband, and like her kids. They're like her adult kids would give tours. So (laughs) she knew a lot about it. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. You got to learn something in that time. Exactly. (laughs) Well, are we starting off 2023 with a bang with some jokes and facts for us? Duh. Why wouldn't we? So we, I don't know, I don't know if you decided to switch it up because, you know, we're struggling with the facts and jokes. <laughs> so, I mean, I did, I did kind of switch it, I guess. Oh, so, okay. I have a joke that has a hint of tacos and tequila and just like a fact about okay. a random fact. So it is switched a little bit, but. I'm done with that. We could also always like look into like a random fact about like the city or state or like part of the topic like this had to do with coal mining like I think that might be fun to like link it to the episode like oh here's a random fact that might not actually pertain to what we're talking about but kind of <laughs> kind of there's literally like I feel like a thousand ideas out there that we could come out come up with yeah we just need to sit down and actually think about it Brainstorm. <laughs> yeah yeah we'll we'll get to it eventually folks don't worry literally <laughs> Okay, hit me with the fact first. Okay, so we just had New Year's, so I had to share a New Year's fact. So there's over 50 tons of trash that are left in Times Square after New Year's Eve celebrations. And about 3,000 pounds of that alone is confetti. Oh my god. Like, literally? My heart hurts for the environment. What the fuck, people? But also, like, just imagine being a part of that cleanup squad, like, watching the ball drop and just shaking your head, like, fuck my life. I cannot, because when we went to New York, and it was just, like, a random, like, Sunday night we were walking around, and I'm like, all these, like, it's just garbage bags piled up on the curbs everywhere. Like, they don't show that in Law & Order SVU. It was, like, dirty. It stunk everywhere. There's trash everywhere. And we were, like, in a nice area where, like, there was, like, music, like, like the wax museum or, like, you know, the, like, there were theaters, like, and we're just walking past, like, piles of garbage and it was, like, after dark. So, I don't know if that's why or what, but, oh, my God. So much And that's also something that I feel like. It would take, like, like, six weeks to get all of that out of there. Yeah, that's also very true. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it either. That just like ruined my <laughs> It's a good fact though. It is a good fact. It's just a sad fact. <laughs> it's a sad fact. Okay. Hit me with your joke. Okay, so this comes from my coworker Nicole. She's given us some before. Um, she'll text me or tell me when I'm at work if she has a good one. And this one made me giggle. Um what did the enchilada say when it was excited? What? Holy moly. 
Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Thanks, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, holy moly. That's funny. Holy moly. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Hopefully some people get it. <laughs> holy moly. <laughs> if they don't get it, they're just going to walk around saying holy moly all afternoon. Probably. <laughs> well, folks, you can find us on Facebook at Tacos and Tequila Podcast. On Instagram, it's just Tacos and Tequila. We also have a website, tacosandtequilapodcast.com has links to all our episodes on Spotify as well as all our sources. And if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure that you leave us a rating and or review. This helps us get noticed and helps other people find our podcast. It's also really cool to see what you guys like about us. Facts. And like Sid said, helps us get noticed so more people can check us out. And I think that's all I have left to add. Anything else said? Am I missing something? I no, think I think so. that's it. I think that's all everything. Okay. 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 I just have to triple check sometimes. So I feel like mom brings a thing and I'm lack of sleep. I'm just all over the place these last few days. So sorry, everyone. <laughs> it's uh, fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> everything's fine. In the meantime, I guess we will talk to you all next week with a new episode. Bye. Bye. Ha 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 ha!